Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Welcome to Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy. Before we go back to the normal weekly episodes in August, I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be speaking with a different comedian. You can go to threadup.co.uk for our counselling professional partners. They're there to support you. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. For as little as £5 a month, you get access to loads of bonus content, uncut versions of these podcasts, exclusive video and audio, plus free tickets to future live shows. Psychomedy.co.uk for all the links. Your donations really help us out to keep this podcast going. Enjoy the show. Um, I'm extremely busy, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got... <laughs> that's the joke that's been... Like, I was like, oh my God, it's getting the jokes getting real fucking old for me, I have to say, at this point. I'm like, oh, I've just got so many things to do. I'm like, it's been three months and you've got nothing to do. The only thing you have to do is to make this joke once a day to someone on his call, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's your routine now to make this exact joke <laughs> yeah yeah we've all come up with one joke during lockdown and it's the same <laughs> joke <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right well joining me today on psych comedy it's hugh davis hugh hello hey man how are you you're all right. um, i'm all right i'm all right how how are you how's the last few months been do you remember that coronavirus stuff <laughs> it seems like it's seems like it's gone now but it's like of course it hasn't you know i'm just still thinking a lot about brexit um, <laughs> yeah. i still haven't got quite over brexit yet uh this coronavirus <laughs> thing i have to deal with next year i'm very <laughs> late late to the trend i'm cu- currently feeling <laughs> i'm currently uh filming my um Harlem Shake at the moment as well. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 been okay. Like it's it's fine. I think I took it quite hard because I had a lot of um, stuff that was like I was really looking forward to that was cancelled. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I was really, it was, I was honestly about to have a real, real good time, and <laughs> now, I'm not a, now I'm just having a, a medium time. I think it's it's it's. It's not like I feel lucky in a way. Like, I don't need anything. All I need is like biscuits. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have people around you? You in the you in the house with other people? So no, I'm 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 100 self isolated completely. I've been self isolated oh, okay. about three months now. All right. Um, yeah. So I've just been alone in this house. I mean, that's the worst thing. Is the, the I think that you don't know speaking to no one is is a bit is a bit weird to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite. I'm quite isolated, and as you, as as anyone uh, listening to this <laughs> even knows anything about me, yeah, I, I work well on my own. But <laughs> um, yeah, but three months is pushing it, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, but you've been okay, kind of mentally, with that period of time alone. I'm okay. I, I had a I had a quite a tough um, opening month. Like, you know, I split I split with my girlfriend, and then. Oh no! I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's all right, and then it's and then it just yeah, just the you know, like a lot of 
you know, all the, all the money's gone. <laughs> You're like, oh no. And then, you know, you, and then you just start to miss comedy a bit and then you forget, and then you forget that it was actually terrible. Um, you're like, oh, actually glad it's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like, well, I remember that was that's quite damaging to your mental health. Remember when you did that? Maybe do that show, Milton Keynes, in a football stadium. That was quite damaging to your mental health. <laughs> um, that sounds uh, great. That sounds like a great gig. I want that gig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did that gig, and I I remember I was on. There's, <laughs> I opened that that show, and I was so there was so it hated me so much that they um. They almost, um, I, I started making fun of them for buying tickets. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, so basically, if you're not familiar with my acts, I basically wear a giant keyboard on stage. And then Joe Jacobs was in the middle act. And it got, you know, when you get back to the, to the green room, everyone's like, everyone's like, fucking hell. Joe was like, Joe's in the middle. And Joe was like, do you think it would be funny for a joke if I went out wearing your keyboard? <laughs> And I was like, that would that actually would be funny. And then he he went out wearing the keyboard, and people booed him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, like that was like, I thought like he was like, that's very. I was like, that's very funny. But at the same time, I was like, this is bad. This is bad for you. Like you can't make that kind of joke every day. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know what? He absolutely he smashed the roof off that gig. There was no excuse. What's even worse? <laughs> when, oh, really? when he was, did it you know, yeah, he did so well. Like he <laughs> and he came on stage like it was nothing. I was like, but did he did did he do music as well? Because he's quite. He's not a totally dissimilar act to you, is he? He's like no. He's he saw the faults that I had made and then he corrected them. <laughs> yeah. He was like this. This it was it was in a hotel. Right. I don't know if you've done this. It was in a hotel within Milton Keynes is is bleak, man. You think the, the football games are dead? Try <laughs> checking out the hotel in the stadium. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty the, dead. The, the stadium gigs would be better now. There's no crowds at those gigs now, you know, because of COVID. That, <laughs> that, that'll, be, that'll be a better gig now. Um, yeah. God, that sounds. That's yeah. That sounds horrific. So yeah, anything. Like, anything's better than that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had some nice things i was doing some i was starting to do some really nice shows. i was doing um i was i was supporting phil phil wang for his tour um, oh, okay and of course phil was just doing really really nice theaters and stuff so i was i was kind of oh, doing okay. that before lockdown so i had like the best gigs i'd ever done right before the lockdown so i think i'm feeling a bit more sad about it now i think but i think it was it'd be different if i was doing like you know just some yeah. you know some some pub in scotland or whatever and you're like oh okay actually <laughs> actually you know F fifa 20 is better than the pub in scotland i don't know yeah, yeah. nice nice so you um, you mentioned music there you know for the 10 people that don't know your act yeah you come on and with a with a keyboard around your neck and uh, do some yeah. musical, musical comedy um have you been playing a lot of music uh, at home as well as fifa have you is that what you do at home playing a lot of music yeah, I've been trying to play a bit of music. I think once because when it's like it's it's a bit like um, it's a bit like when you're you're at, you're at school and you're learning French and you don't want, you just make fun of the French teacher or whatever. And then as soon as you leave school, you're like, oh, remember you have to be really useful to learn French. I'm doing the same <laughs> thing with 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 the music because I I basically resent it because I have to do it all the time and it's like work. But now I feel like um it's 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 like not work so i've been playing a bit of music i've been writing a few yeah. songs mostly about yeah, video nice. games that I've been... <laughs> yeah i think men, men, mental health wise i'm kind of okay i think it was bad on the first month 
Yeah, yeah. Um, is music, but, does music help you? I mean, I've, I've been learning piano the last couple of years and I've been doing loads, uh, loads more piano in lockdown and uh, that's really, really helped me. And anytime I'm feeling down, I pick up the piano. Um, does yeah, it, yeah. Do you like that or? Yeah, I heard you. Um, I know you, I remember we last spoke, I think we talked about this as well, actually. You, yeah. you, know, you, you start to pick it back up again. Yeah, I've seen some of your, your videos and stuff. It's great. Mm. Um, yeah, I think music is quite. I think you forget once you, because I I just feel like I've I've done so much, because I I learned from like a young age. I did all the grades and stuff, and I used mm. to I used to I used to be a piano teacher and stuff. So I think oh, okay. you kind of lose the the joy of it. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the same with anything. And then yeah, what everything when something stops. I've been learning a few bits and bobs and and stuff. And because whenever I learn anything on the piano, it's always like really high pressure. Remember, I did that. I did Harry that Harry Hill show, yeah. Um, thing I had to learn that um, uh, like a classical piece that I performed for. Well, Harry was like singing the song. He's like, "Can you learn this?" And I did it. It's always very high pressure. Yeah. Um, whenever I do music, because it's always like in front of a crowd or whatever. Or even like new material is like stressful because yeah. what, like, because but, but I'm also playing as well because I'm quite high status on stage. If I play the piano and I'm not like fully confident in playing it it doesn't like the routines don't work because they're all written for like my voice so like mm. I have to like fully um play the, the like I have to learn the songs completely so they become like also also like my muscle memory so I'm not even looking at my hands when I'm performing no I've seen that yeah and so when I, I associate music with like a lot of work now yeah but like it's been good in the um the lockdown to to like yeah, yeah. just 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 fuck around a bit and like not no like no pressure or just just play a bit of music because that's I used to do that I used to like I used to hire out this music room with a piano in it when I was at, at uni I used to just go there for like you know like a, I used to be there for like five hours just play, just fucking around I don't really do that anymore oh nice nice yeah learning the piano gives a gives a new sense of um God, respect to anyone that's playing music on stage. Because it's like, even though you're doing comedy, I reckon if you may, I don't know whether you ever make mistakes when you're playing, but even if you make a little mistake, it just looks a bit crap, doesn't it? It's like a juggler in a way with music. It's like, um, I've been doing a few Facebook lives and stuff and I make mistakes all the time. But I guess for you, you want it perfect, don't you? You want the piano perfect so it doesn't detract from the comedy. Yeah, yeah, it wants because it's very much a part of the joke. Because I'm not actually doing songs or anything. It's like it's, yeah, it's it's got to be the same way in which you know if you say if you if you're doing a, if you're doing a bit and you and you deliver a line wrong, it's yeah, just gonna yeah. sound it's just gonna sound weird. Like the same thing with piano because a lot of the music I do are like punchlines. Mm. I get it wrong. Like there's a lot of timing that I I do with like some of my sound cues. If you get the timing wrong, it just doesn't make any sense. So with musical comedy, I think it's very easy people think it's easy to play which it isn't but i think it's also very easy to make bad co musical comedy as well yeah <laughs> like you, you can get like you can you that i think that's what everyone i mean people say it to me all the time after is well they're like oh, i hate musical comedy but you were okay but like it's <laughs> like what a, what a compliment yeah yeah i know it's the same thing with every <laughs> every per, everyone in comedy is like i hate this but you're fine um <laughs> Um, yeah but yeah I'm very aware that like with musical comedy you've got you've really got to like I wouldn't do it unless I was like doing something new or like interesting or like something that was like I felt was a bit different no no but, it's great and um, your your stuff is quite you know kind of dark but it's kind of silly and surreal and not really 
personal would I be right in saying that you know you, you kind of I've heard you say in other podcasts you know you, you you like you like making stuff up because you want to be detached a little bit from yourself is that uh is that yeah right? yeah yeah so do you I also, I, do you think that will change at all after the last three months have you been writing other stuff that's been more personal for example or more stuff about what's been going on yeah it, it definitely I definitely want to get more personal but I don't think that's really like my act at the moment like yeah. I feel if I was going to do something personal it has to be like steeped in metaphors <laughs> I'd have to be like <laughs> like like um I think I I, I quite like I still like doing that my, like not talking about anything serious because um, yeah. that's just it's not it's it's also just what I like like to do like um in like I probably would in the sense that my my material would probably be a about like I don't know maybe about like loneliness now but obviously I wouldn't like say that I was lonely it would just be about being it would just be about like lonely I was thinking about some routines maybe about like uh, about like um the, the the jobs I had to do instead of comedy during this um right. but like they're all like weren't real but it's just it's just but you boil it down to I'm just super fucking lonely <laughs> but I think that like as well as like I've done shows like my past show and my my show in the past was about casual racism, but because mm. I don't like want to talk about it really, uh, you you couldn't really tell if you watched the show. Do you know what I mean? So like I find it therapeutic to to do to like routines about this, but it's about it's actually about racism, but no one can actually tell apart from the agents. <laughs> I, I all the agents at the end of the shows were coming out and like, oh, I get it, what you're saying, and everyone else was like brilliant bit about <laughs> about ice cream man or whatever, whatever it was i don't know like um so i think that e even if i want to do more personal stuff i still think it has to be in like that sort of that weird material thing but i, I always like i yeah. think when people write shows and stuff they're like try and focus they're like oh i'm gonna write about you know like oh loneliness or like identity or something but mm. i think if you just if you just like forget about that and you just write what you want to write like those things will just come through anyway, because as you've been your experiences of that year. Yeah, but, but using like loneliness as an example, would would you would you shy away from writing more kind of on the nose stuff about that because you wouldn't think it was necessarily gonna be funny, or or is it more that you don't want to give too much away about yourself? You think, or neither of those things? I just think it's. I just enjoy. I just enjoy being stupid, and I also yeah. think that. Um, like I also don't think I it's a weird thing I don't have the respect of the of the crowd yet do you know what I mean like I, wow. I still am like a young comedian relatively yeah. I feel like me talking about like my personal life is too soon for me because sure. I, I still feel I want to make you know if, if someone like I mean, this would never happen. But if Sean Locke did a show, a show about his his sadness or something, I I would want to listen to that maybe because he's someone that is established. I'm just picking out Sean Locke because he's famous. Yeah, yeah. But even that, even that would be weird, wouldn't it? In a way, because he's, I guess, similar to you in a way. He does silly, surreal stuff. And if he did start yeah. doing stuff about, actually, it, it might be actually be jarring because he's setting even even though, as you say, he's older, he's set himself up with thirty years of silly surreal stuff you know it's, yeah uh, yeah definitely tricky i think to make yeah. that shift isn't it once you've been and you definitely. are even though you're young you're becoming established aren't you because you've done tv stuff in that in that uh, guise you know yeah and also think the act only really works if it's 
surreal. Like the way I am on stage, like the only reason people like me at all is mm. because... Apart from in Milton Keynes. <laughs> there's 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 lots of places that don't like me. <laughs> it's mainly Milton Keynes I've heard. I've heard, uh, but Joe Jacobs loved there. He's loved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although sure. he's an identical act to you, he, he can't he can't explain it. <laughs> if you were to uh, if you were to highlight all the places in the UK <laughs> that hate my act, it would be like one of those. If you put a map on the wall, it would have been like one of those detective dramas where they try and like link all the cases together <laughs> with a string on the wall. I'd be like, what's the link between all these places which they hate me? Oh, it's, it's musical comedy. They hate the musical comedy. Um, uh, I, I think as well as like, because of the way I am and that, because I'm su super just like high status and like kind of mean to people and yeah. like, um, just super like you know really dismissive of uh, you know I sort of the, the, the joke is I sort of hate being there if yeah. I was to sort of talk about anything real mm. I think people would get turned off because it's just like not nice to see someone you know it's like people trying to be Bill Hicks you know those comedians mm -hmm. like you try and be it's just unpleasant to watch and because <laughs> they're talking about real things and they're like oh I hate this and this and this and this and this and this it just yeah. becomes horrible to watch but because I'm talking about really absolutely nothing you know i'll have a go at gladiators do you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah, make yeah. any sense like it only really works if i'm not really having a go at things so it's difficult for me to be like to, to, for my persona to express like well loneliness or whatever without yeah, yeah. you know without me having a go at something really like the way i would do that is i would have a go at something that was really really you know stupid about loneliness or, or just you know I, it would, I would just make it like a weird metaphor bit yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sounding uh, like pretentious now, but that's just no, that's like interesting. You know, you, 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 like you mentioned, you know, race and racism, and uh, you know, steeping that in metaphor, and then some of the Asian people coming up to you at the end of gigs and getting that, you know, uh, respecting that bit of it and getting that bit of it more if it's you know steeped in metaphor. Yeah. Because I've said, you know, I've noticed your Twitter recently, and the, you know, you are obviously passionate, as we all are, but you know, I've noticed particularly from you, you're, you know, you're passionate about. Um, what's going on in the world at the moment and you've been sharing some really interesting things about uh, racism like the um the, the jane elliott the famous jane elliott experiment the blue eye yeah. brown eye experiment so um if people don't know about that then you know well i mean we can we can go into that but um you know i mean it's i also heard you talk about on the uh, another podcast about, you know, because you are half Indonesian, aren't you? Half Welsh. I think the only half Indonesian, half Welsh stand-up out there. Which is only half Indonesian, half Welsh person in, uh, that exists, I, I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about racism that you suffered um, as a kid. And, but as you say, you know, getting this into, getting this into a song is, <laughs> with your persona is tricky, but it's uh, certainly great to see... Um, some of the stuff you're sharing on Twitter. Anyway, I just wonder whether you think any of that will start bubbling into your stand-up, but probably for the reasons you've said, probably not for a while. I don't know. Probably not. I, I yeah. think that there's ways you can express it. Like, I, you know, I try and do it with as much, like, to do it with humour is difficult because it's so, it's just not funny. Do you know, the whole, the whole thing, like, um, the kind of comedy that I've chosen to do that I like doing just wouldn't, doesn't really address the sort of, that kind of stuff. It's just difficult to try to try because it's important to me. It's difficult to try and try and make it work. And also, there's like a lot of pressure on ethnic minority comedians to to do shows about race. But it's like it's an it's it's annoying because yeah, we want to, but it's also annoying that like 
we shouldn't have to like it's not our like it's not ethnic minorities people's like jobs to tell people things like it's a difficult one man because yeah there's just the, the pressures to, to, to talk about it are a lot and um i i, I do you feel I, that i was one of those do you feel that pressure who's who, yeah because i think it's with what's going on it's like um feel, even you, though i'm where not do you black feel that pressure from where, where do you feel that pressure from particularly do you my, myself like myself right. i feel okay. that for myself like like to be like proud of like because I think you just quite, I'm just quite oppressed as, um, as all comedians are, uh, <laughs> but about a race in particular, because you just, you know, you just, if if you're an ethnic minority, you just you basically you learn to put up with things. You know, you've seen video, like a lot of videos resurfacing now of just, and like all like just black people saying how they they tell their their kids to just what what you know having a talk with their kids about you know watch out for the police, which is just nuts. You know, which is just nuts that you'd have to have that conversation with a child. Like, I mean, I, it's not as bad as that for me. I'm, it, if you can't tell from the podca- podcast, I'm, I'm an Asian man. But it's like, um, you, you just learn to put up with things. Like, like for example, if you, you know, if, if I got bullied at school, or whatever, you just have to be like, well, that's just like the way it is, really, and you just sort of get on with it. I think it's just difficult to get yourself out of a narrative of like, oh, like you, you shouldn't really have to put up with this stuff. You should just, and I think it's like you've just got to be vocal about it so because you you know from example it's about education if if people can oh. see you making an example um then i think people will like you know either change or even just listen like it just helps listen that's the thing about that video that i shared the brown eye blue thing i think yeah. that even i think if you just watch that you would have more even if you disagree with it you just have the information and then you can yeah. make a decision for yourself like i just feel like a lot of people don't have the information um especially white people just don't really you know, you, you see tweets like this all the time. All these, all these, <laughs> all this, all these the kind of stuff. And these happen, it happens all the time. And you just sort of blank it out. Yeah. But what's great about that video is, as you say, it, 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 it gives people the information that may just not be thinking about that. It just points out how easily our minds can be manipulated without us really thinking that they are. And um, we all have to look at our... You know, I mean, there's two big things with the with the racism, the unconscious racism, and the um and and the conscious racism, and the, uh, you know, they're both problems uh, in society, and um, they need to be dealt with in different ways. I think the unconscious racism can be dealt with with education and absolutely sharing things like that, and um, people can then reflect on their unconscious biases, and then the conscious racism. That's uh, I think that's a different thing, which requires deprogramming of you know potentially centuries of thought and uh, the way things are handed down and people's beliefs and the way people are wired and uh, there's so many things going on at the moment i feel we, we, we're talking about covid to begin with i think it's like everything's going everything's on fire mate um <laughs> but um it's almost yeah it's almost difficult being your own because all you've got is twitter and twitter is just an absolute can it's an absolute i mean it's 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 kind of good that you get the information, but the whole all the information is just make, just poison to your actual psyche. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's that you're you're right about this. There's two different kinds of racism. There's the actual racism, which is like you know down, with, and then there's the unconscious the unconscious racism. I think that probably unconscious the unconscious racism is is probably actually worse and makes probably yeah. me feel more, well, certainly- more bad than the actual people come out to me being like you know saying whatever you know drunk well, yeah. in the street or whatever. 
the unconscious racism is more prevalent. And I think this time has given, I think the unconsciously racist some time to reflect, which is good. And you sharing things like that is, it all helps. It, it all, you know, cause uh, I reminded myself of that experiment and it's good to be reminded of how, you know, we can think um, unconsciously and then the conscious racism, as I say, is a different thing entirely. And I shared an interesting thing from a, from a, an ex-leader of uh, Canada's largest neo-Nazi group. And he's kind of a reformed character and he was speaking really eloquently about how you can recover from being uh, a conscious racist. And um, so I'd point people to that as well. And um, there are things that we can do, but I think the problem is world leaders generally at the moment, I think are not the right people to, uh, to lead us uh, through this uh, because it takes a hell of a lot of work. It's gonna take, it's gonna take, well, tens of years of work and education and yeah, um, from the top down and the bottom up and uh, the appetite there. It's just one of, the, one of the signs that rings true from all of the signs I've seen on these protests is will you still care about us when we stop trending on Twitter? And that's the thing, it's like, what are we going to care? This podcast is going out on Saturday, I think. And it's just like, um, what are we going to be talking about then on Twitter? What are people going to be caring about then? Is it still going to be yeah. Black Lives Matter? Let's hope so. But you know, it's going to be the second spike, man. By Saturday. The football's coming back. You know what I mean? It's like, it's um, going to be people burning down Primarchs. <laughs> um, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be you burning down Milton Keynes stadium or something. It's, um, Oh yeah. I'll, I'll definitely use the loot. The looting in America has given me <laughs> a really good excuse to burn down the Milton Keynes stadium. But it's to keep this alive. And as you say, if you can't be doing musical comedy about this, which is very, very tricky, it's, uh, yes, it's about it's tough. using your platform to, um, your growing platform to, to share the, uh, share words and stories about this. I think it's really important. And it's something I noticed, particularly from you. So uh, it's great what you're doing on Twitter and stuff. And uh, yeah, I just want a musical, I just want a comedy song about it now. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I think. Get on with it. It's because I don't never really on my Twitter talk about personal stuff or anything. I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like me finally saying something because I don't even in my, in my personal life I don't really talk about it either because like yeah again the repression. But like mm. um, yeah, I think think that now like, well, you don't talk about it what amongst your friends you mean? Not really. I, I find mm. it quite uncomfortable. I mean it's just difficult because people deal with it in different ways. I think mm. you know some people talk about it a lot. Um, and some and like people like me, I just don't really talk about it because sometimes it's just it's difficult to because um, I'm not confrontational and it feels confrontational to bring up racism in front of because it, again it's like people don't really know it exists like you know if, if you're friends with me you don't really know me very much you just assume that I don't really get it because I don't really talk about it and like but it does it does happen it's not a lot. But it, say, it, is, it is divisive as soon as you say anything that seemingly non non controversial like Black Lives Matter. There'll be fifty percent yeah. of people that will take it the wrong way, and it's just like hundred percent. And I, yeah, I, I just, you know, uh, because I'm non-confrontational as a person, I just want everyone to. Get, I want, basically, I'm just, I'm just there to, to, I want the conversation to keep going. I want everyone to feel like, like happy and confident. When you bring up like really sad things like this, it's just, it's so weird at a time where, like, you know, everyone just needs a bit of joy or whatever during the, you know, this all this. Everyone's just cheered up and stuff. Because yeah. it, it brings a sour mood, and you know, I've talked about it a few times before with some close friends, and it just, it just, it just, it just kills, it just kill, it just kills the day. And, <laughs> yeah. um, 
as you say, I think dealing with it, you know, there's various ways we can deal with it as comedians, but actually dealing with it in the way you're probably going to be dealing with it, which is like, as you say, steeped in metaphor, is probably a really cool way of doing it because there'll be people that are being on the nose about it, but um, a lot of people will be looking for escapism from comedy and will be looking for silly, surreal stuff. And I think you'll yeah. be able to um, go into both camps quite nicely there. I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like watching, you know, I like watching political comedian, comedians. You know, I saw I saw Nish's show, the one that mm. he got he got nominated for. I, I saw that I'd not seen a full show from Nish before. It was all about Brexit. I really really enjoyed it, and I don't really even you know like politics that much. You love um, Brexit. I love Brexit. I love Brexit. <laughs> That's all you want to um, talk about. <laughs> big support uh, of brexit now you, you'll be happy you'll be happy at the end of the year anyway when we're out that's that's all you wanted all these years yeah i'm having a brexit party in my house right now the flags are still up nathan <laughs> it's um, happening it's still happening don't forget we've got something to look forward to the end of the year yes let's party every thursday everyone goes out at seven o'clock to clap i go out and i wave i wave that flag nathan um uh I yeah I I I'm interested to um to 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 talk about it in ways that I I I, I choose you know yeah but right. as you said like I, I it's difficult it's difficult for me to to write about it I don't even talk about it normally I think that's changing a bit because I feel very important I feel it's important to talk like it's important to to talk about it blankly with people yeah as I say I think that I think the way you have dealt with things in the past and I think it will be really interesting watching you in the future as it always is. Oh, oh thanks man. Appreciate that. I'm looking forward to your Brexit show more than anything else. I'm coming to watch that at the Milton Keynes <laughs> arena um, next year. Um, so yes, be... Don't get Joe Jacobs to support you though, because you can't follow Joe in Milton Keynes. That's uh, no, I'll be supporting well... Joe for his show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a well-known comedy trope. You can't follow Joe yeah. Jacobs in Milton Keynes. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Hugh. Uh, thank you Thanks. so much. Uh, what have we got to look forward to? Am I right in saying you can travel? You know, you were saying you're half Welsh, half Indonesian. Am I right in saying you can travel to, to Indonesia now, but you can't travel to Wales? Is that? Is that right? I think, sure. I think I think that might be right, actually. I think that might be right. Um, that's, if that's true, that's, that's nuts. Because, uh, I think it is true, would, isn't it? I mean, it, it probably be... With a choice of holiday, you'd, you'd always go for that option anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yes. If I was to go to two of one of my two homelands, yeah, it, w it would be Indonesia, 100%. Um, well, we've had our holidays now, so no more holidays. Uh, the only thing okay. we have to look forward to is, uh, yeah, getting back to work. And uh, yes, can't wait to uh, seeing your stuff again. Uh, oh, thanks, man. If you'd like to come to, to see my show, which is obviously about racism, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 don't worry, it's a, it's a fun show. Uh, <laughs> it's, called the, it's, called the, it's called The Car Park. It was... It was, it, was it was nominated for a uh, newcomer award this year. It's, it's good fun, you know. It's about Daft Punk. It's, 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 it's nice. Um, it's at Soho Theatre at some point in the future. If you'd like to come see me, I'd li like you to uh, come watch. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, I haven't even mentioned the car park. Yes, nominated in Edinburgh. I haven't seen it myself, so I want to come see it. And wasn't the, wasn't the title out of a review you got, you got from a cameo appearance? Oh, yeah. Harrison Parker's show. What was the, what was the review then? The review was this guy. He was he was on a he's on a website called celebrityradio.biz, dot yeah. biz, um, and he just he just gave the celebrityradio.biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> With the dot com, the dot com was gone. He had to have the dot biz. 
yeah, the, the PR that year was sensational. <laughs> we got um, um, cr- crazy. Everything k- k- kicked off. And, and, As you were uh, saying, about, big, big things were happening for you just before the lockdown. CelebrityRadio.biz <laughs> were on your back. He said, he said that he kind of took, he thought the girls were okay. But he said, for, for me, I'm basically in the show for like three minutes. I'm playing all the kids <laughs> all the way through, just do it as the band. Right. I say like literally three lines in the whole thing. He said that I was abhorrent. I was not funny <laughs> at all. I was the worst, the worst, I think it was the worst thing at the fruit or something like that. He said that if he was producing the show, he would sit me miles away from the microphone in a car park. Um, oh and then God. I thought, as soon as we read that review, we thought, firstly, we thought it was really funny. Um, yeah. We were like laughing because we were like, it's so funny to have such a steep opinion on. He was literally the show for like two minutes. Yeah. Um, and then we, and then I said immediately, I was like, I remember I went back home um, and I was living with Sophie Duke at the time. And I said to Sophie, I was like, I'm calling my show the car park, no matter what. <laughs> Obviously, logistically, that was like a really bad idea because you should never name a show really specifically early on, as you know, because then you're like, oh, I fucked myself now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, so the show is actually all about a car park. <laughs> the show is the show is about um, is about a musical I wrote that takes place within a car park. Do you mention Do you mention the review in the show and why you called it the car park? No, so I actually don't mention the review. That's at all. amazing. That's that, I mean that's another example of you kind of steeping things in metaphor and hiding the kind of truth, which is a lovely true story, but maybe reveals a little bit about yeah. The yeah, I just and, uh, I, I I didn't want to draw attention to it. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that it'd be funny if that review came to me again. That yeah, that's I'd like, great, man. That's great. I thought that if the show, I really like. I thought the show was going to be really good because I was I was I just I'd been working on it for such a long time. I worked really really hard on it. Yeah, and, uh, and like I had lots of things happen to it. Where I was like my director left the show, and then like PR wouldn't like really take me because mm. they didn't like me very much. And I was like, I get so down on the luck. And then I was so, I was just, because I had nothing going for me in the show before I came, like I wasn't on any lists or anything when I came up, when I came up to Fringe the first time. And I was yeah. like, well, I guess the best way is to just, I can just really enjoy it and then have things in it that I really enjoy. And that, calling it the car part was just like a little victory for me. Like a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. little small little victory that if that reviewer, because the show was so badly advertised, he might actually come to it um, <laughs> and review it. I thought it'd be really funny that he'd be sitting there and um, said that I, uh, the car park was a good show and he said that it belonged in the car park. I was like, well, <laughs> it, it'll go, it will go in the car park then, mate. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really, yeah, I, it wasn't really in the show that, about that review. I just called it the car park because I thought it'd be funny for myself. Oh, that's great, man. <laughs> what, a, what a, yeah, what a lovely story. And yeah, it was such a huge success. That must have been, yeah, extra sweet. The cherry on top. I know, yeah, I know it was actually. I actually wanted to, I was going to write him to, um, to do it, <laughs> but I don't think he would have, I don't think he would have done it. <laughs> um, he'll, he'll always hate you, Hugh. He'll, he'll always hate you. <laughs> if, he hates well, you yeah. minute, if he hates you from a two minute appearance enough to say you're yeah, abhorrent. We, Did he use the word abhorrence? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He oh used a lot of God. words. He had a, a whole strong par- word. <laughs> he had a whole paragraph. He said, um, I think he used the word dreadful. He, and then he also said, um, what was it? Um, I think he said devastating to the show or something like that. I oh don't my know. God. Something like, yeah, something like along those, I think the exact word, but basically that same word. Same word. Uh, but I think he's from Milton Keynes, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> 
Ah, God, you're going to be banned from Milton Keynes soon, which, it's, uh, it's, which is which is the, probably the best thing that will happen to your career. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Hugh, uh, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to see you back on stage. Oh, thanks, man. I can't wait to can't wait to see you back on stage and just just hang out, man. Like you know, yeah. just uh, yeah. I just I just miss even you know I I joke about Milton Keynes, or whatever, but I do actually. Even I miss even the shit gigs, man. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, do yeah, miss, of course. I really miss yeah, them. I, God. I, I, I take any them gig, all, mate. Any gig, any gig. I take them all. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, look, look, missing you too, man. Look forward to seeing you in, in IRL. Yeah, nice one. Stay well, man. Keep well. Lots of luck to you. The brilliant Hugh Davis there, a.k.a. Huge Davis. Check him out online. He's got loads of brilliant clips online. And as he said, look out for his future shows, including his award-nominated show the car park and talking about joe jacobs there milton Keynes' finest joe jacobs he was the guest on the pilot episode of psychomedy and that's one of the things you'll be able to get soon as a patron of psychomedy access to that episode and more bonus content chats with me and the producer loads of added audio and video content just go to patreon.com slash nathan cassidy and you can get all that for as little as five pounds a month so that was our show for today. Join us again on Tuesday for more Psychology Daily Dose. We're doing only two more weeks of these before some best-of shows, and then we go back to our weekly shows in August. Please listen back on all these daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us a five-star review. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk for everything. I'm Nathan Casty. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy on Tuesday. Pod people.